This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Good evening. We're almost over the hump. I'm Albie Oxenrider. Welcome to Halftime Adjustments with Dan Kovacevic from our partners at DKPittsburghSports.com. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Albie. How are you? Well, we're, we're getting there. Let's just say that we're over the halfway point of the NFL season, and we are, uh, well, soon we will be over the halfway point of this week. Um, as the Steelers steamroll their way to what they hope will be their 10th win on the road at Jacksonville uh, this week, Mike Tomlin reminded us, Dan, that, that you, you take no team for granted. This is the NFL. I'm not sure, but I think he may have offended the Mac uh, when he said, this isn't the Big Ten versus the Mac. Did you take it that way? Well, that was the response to your question, right? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, but, it, was like, but, it was like he was he was ready for you, Albie. He came, he came with all guns loaded on that one. And I, um, I, take, no, I, I mean, he makes a good way. he it makes means, a good point that every game is tough, but that's what they have ahead of them, Jacksonville, um, and that's what's between them and ten and zero. Yeah, he has a knack for coming up with phrases, and whether or not he does it on the spot, or whether he actually has them rehearsed or has been trying them on other people in the hallways. Uh, he has a, a reason for using them. If you and I are talking about that phrase, that sentence, if that phrase and that sentence uh, caught national attention, you better believe it caught his players' attention. You know what I mean? That, that, that's the whole goal here. You would think that the Steelers, after, after what happened in Arlington, Texas in particular, would go into this understanding that, you know, putting in 80%, 90% isn't going to cut it. It just isn't. Um, and there is not a comparable. He's right. I, I hear people all the time, whenever they see a team in the NFL that's 0-8 or whatever else, remember when the Browns were that bad and they liken them to college teams and they come up with these, uh, if they were, if they played number one Alabama, who would win? Okay, the 0-16 Browns would have beaten number one Alabama by about 70 points. Let's right. be clear on that. I mean, that's just how this works. Uh, and he's right. There is not that great a disparity between the best and the worst teams in the NFL. And I say that with all due respect to how horrendous the New York Jets are. The Jaguars in particular, though, Albie, look at their scores. You know? Uh, yeah, they've been in games. They, they, game. they helped, should Almost have beaten the game. Packers last weekend. Or, yes. you know, they could have beaten the Packers. And, and they also uh, remember when the Steelers were down there a couple of years ago, uh, they, the Steelers ended up winning by four. But it is a difficult place to play, even in these times of, uh, uh, of fans being less than, you know, the home advantage being less than it normally would. I just look at, you know, Doug Maroney, uh, the Jaguars coach, had a, had a press conference earlier in the week with reporters in North Florida and was just, devastated i mean he used he used terms that were really like over the top for how hard he's taking each individual loss i'll say it again these aren't the new york jets they haven't quit they haven't folded they haven't had players demanding to get out um, there's a big big difference between a team that's rolled over and one that's still fighting and if there's one lesson that the steelers can learn in particular from that game in Arlington, it's that the Cowboys really came to play, Albie. That wasn't a mirage. It wasn't just the Steelers being bad. The Cowboys were like 
here comes this undefeated team. A lot of stuff's gone wrong around here this year, but if we take care of those guys, that's going to right a lot of wrongs. Well, and Mike Tomlin referenced that. He said, you know, we're, we're, we have a bullseye on us, and, and mm -hmm. I get that. But with all of this being said, the Steelers are, are not good. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what's that? Yeah, are they, any, are they actually any good? Yeah, I mean, well, where do you see it going? I mean, they're 9-0 with seven games left. Um, I mean, the team, they're going to lose at some point, you would think. It's not yeah, a it given. this weekend, yeah. You would think. Um, but, but how do you see it playing out? What do you see their total record being in the regular – their overall record being in the regular season? Who might they lose to um, as you look to this final seven games? Well, I mean, it won't be this weekend. Uh, the, the, the Jaguars have a, a rookie starting quarterback and Jake Luton who had a really rough finish uh, in Green Bay. Uh, they have a terrific undrafted rookie running back in James Robinson, but that's not going to be able to beat Pittsburgh. Um, the Baltimore Ravens come in after that. They're really banged up in addition to everything else that's wrong with them. They just keep losing players for the entire season. Um, Buffalo is going to be a hard one. You know, if I had to look at the rest of this record, you know, and you're talking about being 10-0 and 0 after Jacksonville, for me to say the Steelers will finish 13-3 and 3 obviously says that they'll go 3-3 three and three the rest of the way, which I also don't see. You follow what I'm saying here? Yeah, I do. I do. Y yeah, I mean, that's I the part. You got your Browns and Bengals in there, and, and you know, no. Um, Everybody so – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I, I, I I could see I could see them matching Baltimore's 14 and two from last year. I really could. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And it's interesting when you look at these final seven games. Naturally, people are drawn to Baltimore, even though they have their problems, as you just mentioned. Um, and and people look at the Indy game and people look at the Buffalo game. I think, Indy. I think that they may win two of those three games and maybe lose to Buffalo. And the other loss might come from somebody like the Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I certainly think that uh, Cleveland is capable of, of beating Pittsburgh. Um, hey, listen, Cincinnati is capable of beating Pittsburgh um, on a given Sunday, to Mike Tomlin's point earlier in the week. Um, but I don't – if they lose again, I certainly think Buffalo is a possibility, especially a game up there. And, uh, and, and maybe some other game that you wouldn't think they'd lose, like Cleveland. Yeah, I'll say this, too, uh, before we go to break, and that is I don't know that it matters. Once you have that one or, the, you know, that one seed and everything, just keep getting better. Just get yeah, better right. as a football team. Don't worry about outcomes. Right. Just get better. Get better heading into the playoffs. All right. We're going to talk more about one of the reasons the Steelers are 9-0, and Ben Roethlisberger, uh, how well he's playing right now and what that means for some other things down the road when we come back with Dan on Halftime Adjustments. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Dan Kovacevic. We're coming to you today by Zoom, of course. And uh, Dan, Ben Roethlisberger is, well, he's in the groove. And I think that uh, we've talked about this in other programs earlier in the season, that Ben has answered, uh, you know, a lot of the questions that were surrounding him coming off of the surgery. He has exceeded anything I think anybody would have imagined. He is, he is poised. He's, he's very efficient. Uh, and he's also putting up some numbers, 333 yards in the win over Cincinnati with four touchdown passes. I have to ask you, when will Ben Roethlisberger be part of the serious conversation for MVP? Uh, because clearly he should be. He should be. And let's have some fun here. If the <laughs> NFL's MVP award were – written by the same criteria that the NHL's is. Let's just, again, just stay with me on this uh, because we've had discussions over the years in hockey with the Hart Trophy, which is awarded to the player who is, and I quote directly, adjudged to be most valuable to his team. It's a different criteria. And a couple of years ago when Taylor Hall virtually carried the New Jersey Devils into the playoffs, like on his back, like accounted for half of their offensive production, People like me voted for Taylor Hall, and he became the MVP, even though he was absolutely not the best player in the league. Connor McDavid in Edmonton is never, never given the Hart Trophy. Why? Because the Oilers don't get into the playoffs. Simple as that. He can't be MVP. Well, who's the quarterback of the only undefeated team? Who is unquestionably the guy who's carrying the team, uh, carrying a little, carrying the offense. How about that? To this record, it's Ben. It's Ben. You can't say that about Patrick Mahomes. You can't say that about Russell Wilson. You can't say that about any other player in the league. The NFL's MVP award, though, Albie, has become something else entirely. It's become who's the best quarterback this season. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see Aaron Donald get it. Like, if you had a, this, this, this draft of just who is the very, very best player in the National Football League, it might not be a quarterback that's taken. But that's, that's not the criteria that's, that, that's used. It's always best quarterback, best quarterback. Um, well, and so the other it, thing is who – Should Ben who, be in it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing is – what player, if you took out of the lineup of any team, would affect that team's performance? And I don't think there's any question. And I, I'll go one step further. You're talking about Ben's carrying the offense. And certainly the Steelers' defense, is it adds a lot to what they're able to do. And even Ben, what Ben's able to do. Uh, but let me tell you, Devin Bush. Remember how everybody was sounding the alarm when Devin Bush was injured and taking nothing away from Devin Bush. He's certainly a valuable part of that defense. They have figured out a way, at least to this point, of, of, of replacing Devin Bush. You can't replace him, but they, they, they've put somebody in that position, and the defense has not missed a beat. Um, if Ben Roethlisberger were to leave this lineup, I don't think the same could be said. In fact, I'm quite certain it couldn't be said. And because of that, and, and let's take this a step further. Is there a reason that you think Ben Roethlisberger um, doesn't seem to be, ever be in the conversation oh, for MVP? Sure. sure. There's, there's one in particular. Um, 
you know, first of all, if you go back a couple of years, it was always Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, sometimes Drew Brees. And those were the guys that were always in this discussion. And it, it was kind of like an exclusive club that even when Ben had his monster year in 2018, where he put up a ton of yardage and was breaking all these records, him and Antonio Brown, he still didn't make his way into that conversation. Now it's a little bit of a different story. Now it's that he doesn't put up big yardage numbers, which is fair. That's, that's, a, that's an accurate thing to say. Um, ben has not been able to stretch the field. Ben hasn't been able to get the ball downfield until that big bomb to Deontay Johnson, the 46-yarder against the Bengals the other day. Um, I really believe that he needs to put himself into that discussion. He needs to make the highlights, so to speak. He had plays on Sunday against Cincinnati that were highlights, not just the Deontay one, but the way yeah. he stepped up in the pocket on Juju's touchdown. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, With yeah. Old okay, school yeah. Ben, guys bouncing all off of him, and he steps up. That's the kind of thing that it takes. It is. Uh, you have to start putting yourself onto those shows and everything, and that's when they start talking about you. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, and, and now Kyler Murray, I, should, I shouldn't leave out in Arizona with that unbelievable pass and catch to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of stuff that puts you in those discussions. It just is, fair or not. Well, to, uh, to, quote, to quote the late, great Al Davis, just win, baby, and – uh, ben Roethlisberger is winning games, and if you go back over his career, forget about MVPs. He's winning Super Bowls. He's won two of them. He's been to a third. I think that that's really what matters to Ben. I, I, I don't. I can't speak for Ben. I, I can't get inside Ben's head, but I don't. I, it, he doesn't strike me as a guy who is staying up at night and and unable to sleep because he hasn't won MVP. Um, no, but he's aware of it. I don't think it consumes him, but he's definitely aware of it. He's aware of whenever he has critics and so forth, and it motivates him. And I guarantee you that that's one of the reasons that he was emphasizing uh, getting the deep ball back into the game. He doesn't like being knocked in any form. Right. All right. And I loved real fast. I loved the, the, what you pointed out Sunday night, that that pass to Deontay was a real confidence boost for him in that regard. Oh, huge. So, all right, we're back to talk about the, the uh, latest spike with COVID-19 and what it means for sports through the end of the year and even beyond when we return on Halftime Adjustments. And welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'm Albie Oxenrider with Dan Kovacevic. And Dan, with all that's going on with COVID right now, it's certainly – uh, we're, we're following these numbers every day, numbers of cases, and uh, it's, it's becoming a serious situation again. And yes, we have been through this. Um, I, I thought, and, and I mean, I never really actually thought we were going to be finished talking about it, but, but we're back to what we were talking about uh, back in late spring, early summer, and that is the effect, uh, the, the secondary to, to all the important uh, health issues that come with this uh, for everyday people, but, but certainly in the realm of sports, how do you, how do you see this affecting, um, the rest of the NFL season, including the playoffs? Um, and, and, and all of a sudden nothing's a given, uh, the basketball season, which is getting set to start the college basketball season, 
And as we look forward, uh, hockey, it's going to be difficult, I would think, at this moment to be able to come up with a plan that will work for everybody. What are your thoughts on all of that? Well, the, the National Football League is way too far underway to be retreating now. And that's the reason the competition committee, of which Mike Tomlin is a member, met a couple of weeks ago and came up with the, the Week 18 plan, uh, as they were calling it, which is basically just adding an extra week into the regular season for possible makeup games that are needed. They wanted to build that in so they could schedule playoffs and so forth accordingly. Uh, it's a solid plan. It, it covers pretty much any eventuality other than, you know, things getting completely terrible. Um, the NFL is going to finish this out. Uh, if their worst case scenario Albie is that they do a, a quote-unquote bubble or pseudo-bubble for the conference championships and the Super Bowl, so be it. Super Bowl's always been at a neutral site anyway, right? You don't have to worry right. about that sort of thing. Uh, you've always had the teams at the Super Bowl staying in the same city, in the same hotel, uh, under controlled circumstances and separate practice facilities. So none of that will be a difference. It's just a matter of getting from here to there. Um, the NFL's worst case scenario out of this, if I can say this without trivializing the virus and anything else here, is that you get to the day before or a couple days before the Super Bowl and one team or the other has its quarterback uh, marked with COVID. Ew. You know, I mean, that, that just messes up everything. Um, but they'll play. The NHL, I'm not so sure about. I, I really not. I mean, they're still talking about January 1, but I don't know how. I don't know how they will pay their players. Uh, if you think about it from this perspective, Pitt Basketball has made known that they will have 1,200 total people at the peak for a given game. And that includes the participants and workers and so forth. So it'll actually be into three figures. If you extrapolate that and put that into PPG Paints Arena, you're talking about fewer than 2,000 people. Absolute max, right? Where do you find the cash in that to pay Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang? Where, where, how do you do that? The yeah, NHL doesn't have that right. TV money. So the league is now talking with the Players Association about yet another uh, it's not a pay cut, but it's a pay escrow where they pay them three years from now for a hamburger that they buy now. Okay. It's a right. young old Popeye reference. Okay. And the, the players association has already given up 10%. I don't know that they want to give up another 10% in that regard. So it, it's, it's not, the NHL is in a tough spot. All right, so that's that's the NFL and that's the NHL. What do you think about college basketball? Um, they are right on the the cusp of of starting their season. Um, I, you know, you you the more you see, the more you hear, the more you read, the more trouble that you, you think they might have starting off and getting it going because that's a different animal altogether. Well, I think college athletics in general is separate because they're not getting paid. Let's start there. Okay, they don't have to do this. They don't have to go to work. Um, so it, it's very, very different in, on, on that count alone. We have seen the problems that college football has had and is having with games getting canceled, including Pitt's game at Georgia Tech. 
Uh, there's uncertainty around the entire schedule across the board with football. Basketball's got its own challenges because it's inside, and now you're seeing teams like Duquesne is playing uh, a tournament in Louisville where they're playing three games in five days. Right. How much can you pull that off? You know, how, how, how much of that can you do without travel, without moving around? Um, are you going to have little conference bubbles? I don't know. I don't know. Hurry up with this vaccine already, Oxen Writer. Is this? Are you the one slowing this thing yeah. down? You know what? No, I'm. I'm. I've got the green light. I'm saying bring it in. Now I'm All hearing right. again I mean, because I was going to blame you for this. I'm hearing that there might be some, uh, some of the vaccine available to distribute maybe before the end of the year. And I no, think that, that the vaccines are done. And not to get way off the rails here, the vaccines are done. It's just a matter of distribution Mass and producing. putting them out and then booster right. shots three weeks after that and all that other stuff. So this isn't going to be like this. And sports does have to find a way to trudge through the next, you know, two or three months at least. Yeah. And two or three months will involve college basketball, the remainder of the NFL season. And I agree with you. I don't think there's going to be much that can stop it at this point. Uh, although the whole thing, what you mentioned about the star quarterback coming down with COVID the day oh. before the Super I mean, that's certainly – that would be the, uh, their worst nightmare, at least in that realm, sports realm. All right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, we're going to be back with our final thoughts right after this on Halftime Adjustments. Welcome back to our final moments here on Halftime Adjustments. Anything else you'd like to add, Dan, as we – Head into the last half of November, believe it or not, uh, the weirdest year ever, and uh, because of that, maybe the quickest year ever. Yeah, I, I will say that it's nice for a whole bunch of reasons that the Steelers are nine and zero. You know, um, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when sports came back um, to Pittsburgh, it, they came back with the double whammy of the Pirates having the one of the worst months in franchise history. And the Penguins disappearing like that. Like before you even knew hockey season was back, the Penguins were gone. And it felt like we didn't even have sports back. Uh, for the Steelers to come along and to perform the way they have, uh, as impressively as they have, as together as they have, in an inspiring kind of way, um, that, that's been a nice thing for the city. It really has. Yeah, I think that uh, not only coming back, the fact that, as you mentioned, the fact that they're 9-0, there's a lot of excitement surrounding them, and that's exactly what we need. Uh, it's exactly what everybody needs right now. Unfortunately, not everybody can have a 9-0 team. Pittsburgh does. No. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. That's Halftime Adjustments for this week. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Dan Kovacevic. We'll see you next week, same time, same place, same streaming channel, WPXI Now. See you then.